Welcome to the Review Crew with Fran and Emma. What's up, reviewers? It's your co-host, Fran Baker, baby mom, millennial, co-host of this podcast, The Review Crew. And it's Emma, the infertile one. I'm a teacher. <laughs> I live in Brooklyn. Woohoo! Nice, nice. I love I loved that. I know. I feel like the word infertile is like very loaded for me, but I'm like, I don't know. It's like... I, I mean, there needs to be a word for like working on it that's snappy you know yeah yeah I mean I feel like I had a misconception before that like infertile meant like sterile but it's like yeah. that's not what it means but mm. yeah mm, mm. so maybe now that we've clarified the definition of just yeah. like it's not a it's not a permanent condition it's not it's then not. we can just carry on um anyways how you how you doing tonight I'm doing good. I'm kind of in a weird headspace because we just watched Apocalypse Now for the first time. Mm. So, you know, a lot of war atrocities on the mind. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing tonight? <laughs> um, I'm fine. Didn't have to do anything like that. It has been a busy day. We're still really in it with the unpacking and trying to set stuff up. Um, actually, if I could just review really quick, um, I just want to review the, the last couple trips you make from your old place, like the last Mm. little bit of stuff that didn't fit in your U-Haul. And I rate that stuff a three out of 10 because one, it's usually stuff you don't care about at all, which is how it became stragglers because it like didn't get packed all the way. It's always way more shit than you thought it was going to be. And it takes way longer than expected to load into your car. And just everything about it is annoying. Um, so just rate that three out of ten. That's what I was doing all afternoon. I've never experienced this, but it sounds it sounds like very annoying. Yeah. Yeah. If you can avoid it, avoid it. Highly recommend that. Me. <laughs> or at least just commit to your moving day you know because i mean that's my problem is that you get the u-haul and you do two big trips and you see you just have a little bit of stuff left and you're just like i'm not gonna load it all in like it's just a little bit i'll get in my car later because the u-haul is full and i don't want to come back with it and then it's like a week later and you're just still taking like little tiny car loads yeah i've never had an overlapping day between two places and it's always been really stressful because it's like how do you Mm. get this stuff into the new place when you're don't like you're not renting there yet Mm -hmm. and you've had this issue i know but anyway so that's no yeah it's honestly yeah it is a huge luxury to have overlapping time um because yeah when we lived in davis we moved apartments in davis a number of times when we lived there and the whole city is on the same lease schedule, basically, of every rental agreement. It's like it usually starts September 1st. Some start September 4th for some horrible reason. Mm. Um, we did have to deal with that once. And all the leases end August 31st, usually in the morning. So you have about 24 hours where you need to stash your stuff. And I've done things where, like, I've been able to – had to move out in the morning. And I'm moving in in the afternoon. And I can't do it early. Where we like moved all our stuff out into a lawn and I just sat with it for eight hours before then moving. Or once we had to put all – multiple times we had to put all our stuff in storage and like stay with friends for like a night or several nights. Yeah, I remember this. I remember this. Literal hell. But yeah, it is – so it's like, you know, I'm annoyed by all the little trips, but I do – you're right. I need to recognize the luxury of the overlapping time. (laughs) 
Well, moving always sucks though, so I'm not saying it's a it's not saying it's great. <laughs> That's fine. Um, how would you, would you do you have a rating for Apocalypse Now? What did you think? I have not okay. actually seen it. It's very like this is very fresh, guys. I've had no time to process it. We stopped we stopped it, we stopped watching the movie like two seconds before starting this call. Mm-hmm. So haven't had time to reflect. Um like here's here okay, my initial thoughts, Apocalypse Now. I would say my main thought was like how did they film this? Like, I truly had that thought almost throughout the whole entire thing. If I was like, just like, how was this made? Apparently, there is a documentary about how it was made that's like pretty well reviewed. So I'm like, maybe I should watch that. I think I'm just gonna Google it and like read the Wikipedia page because some <laughs> of the shots, I'm just like, literally how. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta give it up to Francis Ford Cop- Coppola. I do think he's a genius. Um, Very but good. you are just watching, like war crimes and the atrocity of war and that's not pleasant mm. to watch mm-hmm. yeah that sounds kind of like a bummer yeah adrian was a little disappointed by the ending and i was kind of like how the hell are they going to end this because yeah i don't know how you end that kind of a movie mm-hmm. um so yeah maybe a little bit of an unsatisfying ending do you feel like the unsatisfying ending made sense for the movie or is it just kind of like meh it made sense it wasn't a perfect ending in my opinion mm, mm. um but i feel like it's really hard to end things in general so like all of that being said i'm like what the hell do i rate this also i'm like i need to google this and see what like other people think of this like is mm. it horrible to like this is it is it like actually <laughs> the best movie so. ever made like i, I feel, don't know i feel like there are definitely a lot of people that think of it as one of the best movies of all time yeah and it's kind of amazing also, okay, I gotta say, I read Heart of Darkness in high school. Remember mm. nothing about it, so this, the movie's Same. based on Heart of Darkness. Right. I remember loving it, but I don't know if I loved it because it was good or if I loved it because it was, like, a classic book that I thought I was supposed to love. Yeah, you know, that's, definitely a, that's definitely a book I remember claiming to love because I knew it was, like, a smart thing to like, but I think I mostly just didn't understand it and wasn't paying attention. I definitely think I wasn't paying attention because, like, I didn't remember anything. I I can't tell you anything about it. I could tell you it's set in Africa. That's all I can tell you about Heart of Darkness. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, I think that that's that sums it up. What else do you need to know? Exactly. So, like, a rating for this movie, what I I don't know if the scale like even works for it. It's the question mark out of three question marks. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's a it's a watch it once and tell me your thoughts and let's all discuss it and let's all agree that wars the worst thing mm, mm. and then let's move on all right that sounds good <laughs> if i ever watch it i'll bring it up on the pod and we can yeah you should you should i should watch literally anything dude i've been watching way too much i got another movie review for you when you're ready oh lay it on me let's do it now okay well we went to the theater yesterday not the, theater, the, the movie theater and then mm. we saw bodies 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 the new flick starring pete davidson um uh, among other people i just accidentally watched an advertisement for that on instagram that popped up so i didn't realize it was an ad at first what was your take i was like huh i it, i watched it for like two seconds and was in my you know like the dead-eyed scroll so i wasn't really absorbing information i will say they the movie goes really really hard at people starting their own podcast and so <laughs> that hit extremely close to home mm-hmm. also like we saw it at nighthawk which always does this like you know pre-show 
like clips of things that are related to the movie. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't, but that sounds cool. They do related clips before the movie actually starts. And one of the clips they showed was like a college humor sketch from 2017 that was basically was like this guy saying to another guy, like, nobody cares about your fucking podcast. Like, don't start a podcast. That's the dumbest thing ever. It's going (laughs) to fail. Nobody wants to hear about your podcast. Stop talking about your podcast. And I just I felt very attacked. Yeah, I mean, and the movie. But That's it's definitely fine. a lesson for people with boring podcasts, and I think that we can just ignore that because our podcast is a 10 out of 10, as we know. Exactly. In, in the college humor sketch, the guy's like, it's a creative outlet. And I'm like, oh, that's also how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like, it's not a creative outlet if you're just having an unedited conversation with a friend. So it was it was all very, very close to home. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, back to the movie, Bodies, mm-hmm. Bodies, Bodies. Very scary very much scarier than the vanishing which i discussed in the last episode <laughs> and so i would say very scary very much you know tongue in cheek about gen z like oh you know kids these days kind of a thing mm-hmm. like kind of poking fun at that which is fun but a little bit like over the top i will say mm. um but I, overall adrian and i were both very entertained by it like it's an entertaining movie hmm. um is it gory Yes. Yes. And it stars, I didn't realize this until after the fact when Adrian informed me that it stars the girl from the freaking Borat movie, like the recent Borat movie. I have not seen I have not or have I seen it? There's like a Russian girl who's like really funny in the Borat movie. I don't don't think that I watched the most recent one. Okay. Um, but she's in this in a very different role. Hmm. But yeah, um, very entertaining. I would give it a seven okay i'm giving it a seven out of ten and that sounds really harsh i would say very entertaining very scary but i also read that the main actress in it um dm'd the new york times reporter who reviewed the movie kind of poorly Mm -hmm. and was like extremely nasty to the journalist (laughs) so that's not great (laughs) love that love that um, but anyway, so yeah, that's my review. You know, but you we gotta stand it. up for your art, just like we have to stand up for our podcast amongst this criticism against podcasters. It's true. We had a good time at it, but yeah. Okay, give me give me a review that you've been thinking about. Well, well, well. Um, okay, I would like to start out. I just want to do a quick review of turning. I want to do a review of leftovers. I think actually, just in general. Okay. Um, and I would say leftovers, I'm going to say seven out of 10, which like, and it's a very, it's a variable thing. So I would say overall it's a seven out of 10, but I did just make dinner out of leftovers when you can, when you can refashion your leftovers into a full new meal that is delightful. That's like a, that's a 10 out of 10 moment. Um, so like I had leftover bibimbap that we had had yesterday and I turned it into fried rice today that actually came out hella good i am pretty shitty at making fried rice to be honest um i feel like i never get my oil hot enough because i'm really impatient and then i end up just with like oil soaked rice mush oh instead of like crispy yeah and this time i like nailed it with that i had added like onion and garlic and ginger and fish sauce um and some like white shoyu i had in my fridge that was smelling really good and sounding good and it came out delightful. It was hella good. Although then it's also just like 
you know, it's still leftovers. So that's, that's the down, the down rating is for leftovers in general, which are usually like things I let mold in my fridge. Um, yeah, but that's, that's awesome though, that you're able to turn it into something good. Dude, it's so satisfying when you can do that. I agree. I love, I'm in a, you know, I'm in a personal finance kick, so I'm, I'm into use it up mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. Use it up. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I actually we, have a couple other food related reviews. I'm realizing. Do you have other? Do you have any food reviews today? I do. Oh, I was going to yeah. share that we had a um, Rayo's frozen lasagna, and yes, friends, it is pronounced Rayo's. Um, much to our chagrin, it looks I, like it's pronounced Rouse, but it's Rayo's. <laughs> excellent, <laughs> anyway. excellent. I've never you know heard that? of it. I've never heard of this brand. I've never seen this brand to have okay. an opinion on how it's pronounced. Well, you've been living under a rock, my friend, because it's everywhere. Everybody knows Rayo's pasta sauce is the best <laughs> sauce. Everyone knows that. Like, that's universal. Mm, but mm. they recently came out with a line of frozen f- dinners, including the only one I've tried is the frozen lasagna. Mm. And let me tell you guys, it is delicious. Adrian and I love the frozen lasagna. That's what we had for dinner. And we've had it, like, many times now because I keep rebuying it because it's so oh, yeah. Good. Now it is very liquidy, so be prepared for a lot of sauce. Like the sauce mm. to lasagna ratio is very, very heavy on the sauce. But who doesn't love sauce? I mean, that's you know what I mean. Like you have to be a crazy yeah. person to be like, it's too, it's too liquidy. <laughs> I wonder what that's about. I wonder if it's like to help keep it from drying out as it's like frozen. I think so. Yeah. Maybe also I'm supposed to let it sit probably longer. I just like cook it in the oven. Who has time for that? It. Yeah. 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 But um, so I would rate Rayo's frozen lasagna, which you can find in like all grocery stores, friends. Mm-hmm. Um, a solid <laughs> nine. That was out a little ten. pointed, but okay. <laughs> nine nine out of ten. But I want to hear your food reviews. Oh, I, I okay. I will go into them. But I do want to say the only frozen lasagna I've tried is Amy's frozen lasagna because my mm. parents used to buy it. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, which I always remember enjoying. I feel like lasagna is definitely one of those foods that like like it's a it's a it's a solid choice for frozen food like if you're worried about like is this going to be good is this going to be bad lasagna it's pretty hard to fuck it up i totally agree with that yeah exactly it's like how bad can it get i feel like it's only really bad and if it's like a sweet tomato sauce which nobody wants right but this is a good one added sugar to tomato sauce or like like especially like when you're getting like gross canned tomato sauce zero out of ten for that i hate a sweet tomato sauce Agreed. Uh, that's my pet peeve for sure. Yeah. But speaking of um, controversial foods such as sweet tomato sauce, I wanted mm. to review liverwurst. Okay. I'm intrigued. Let me just say, I love liverwurst. I think it is so good. Dude, um, you're pandering to the audience now because my mom, I think, also loves liverwurst like Dude. loves it so much amy knows what's up you know who else loves liverwurst i discovered recently sylvia sylvia loves liverwurst. my girl we don't eat a lot of meat around here um and so she does not eat a lot of meat and so i think she gets weirded out by meat textures sometimes um so i frequently feed her like whenever i'm feeding her like chicken when we are actually eating meat a lot of times she spits it out so I gave her a little bit of liverwurst to try being like, she's not going to like this. And she just like slurped down a full slice of liverwurst, like just absolutely destroyed it um, and then ate more of it and wanted more of it. And it was really cute. Um, cute. What's it taste like? I'm not, I don't think I've ever had it. Um, basically, do you, have, you, do you eat liver? No. 
All right. Well, liver, it tastes like liver, which is like a, you know, it tastes like meat. It's got a very like irony kind of uh, vibe, I guess, which I think a lot of people don't like, but I really enjoy. Does um, it look like bologna? It's in like a tube usually. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's like a paste, like you can like spread it. Mm, okay. And, and then, or slice it however you want to do it. And then um, there's usually like onion powder and garlic powder in it. So it tastes a lot like that also. Um, but it is in like, I feel like you could categorize it in the processed meat category like you would bologna. Um, mm. But liverwurst, so I would rate liverwurst an eight out of 10 mm. um, because I think it's delicious and I love to eat it all the time. But the detractions are one, fucking most brands are like filled with nitrates preservatives definitely even the ones that are good like the one i fed to sylvia i was very pleased to find out was like the nice organic one without nitrates and no like no mm. antibiotics given to the animals my sister bought it for us on moving day which was mm. lovely one of the snacks she brought for us to eat um so i was pleased to be giving that to, one to sylvia but it's definitely not like healthy i would imagine by any stretch of the imagination um, I don't like that it comes in the plastic tube because it's just like, there's no good way to seal it. Like I prefer mm-hmm. if I, if my food is going to come wrapped in plastic, I want it to be something that I can open, use some and reclose. Mm-hmm. And that's not happening with a little tube. Um, but yeah, eight out of 10, dude, it's so good. Put some on some bread with some mustard, tomato, some lettuce. Like I like to put in a sandwich um i bet it is good i mean yeah. i'm like really curious about it now Bread i don't know the toast. irony taste i can't picture something that tastes like iron you know yeah i mean i don't know if that's the best way to describe it i feel like i just i don't really know how to describe liver if you're not if you haven't eaten liver yeah. um but in general do you in general consume awful as it is called no i would say i would say no okay well one i recommend doing so um and because so it reminds me of other stuff. That's <laughs> funny because I feel like you're like, I don't eat a lot of meat, but when I do, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's funny. Uh, it's because it's delicious. Yeah, dude. I, I, I definitely am the kind of person, like, if I'm going to buy a whole chicken and it comes with innards and a little baggie inside of it, I will cook that shit and eat it. Um, it's great. I know, yeah. like, Jan, my, um, like, Laura's mom, Jan, she always would put, like all the innards and stuff into the gravy and like it was always good yeah no it's definitely they're they're super super flavorful um which is why i think sometimes it's too intense for people like as far as just eating definitely is the best way i think to make or a great way to make gravy and then you're just using it too instead of just throwing it away i feel like especially in those little baggies it's just like like i feel like the kidney like some of it is like too chewy like texturally i can't get on board but like chicken heart and chicken liver those i will straight cook and just eat that's badass also i wanted to ask so how did you end up sealing it like what do you use like reusable sealing stuff or did you what'd you do hell yeah i'm using reusable stuff i have those um what are i forget what the brand is but they're like those silicone bags Um, oh yeah so that's like a ziploc with silicone i don't have only i wish that i had more reusable products but uh and i try to use them when i can with what i got it's an investment you know you have to accrue them over time yeah totally mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which actually this leads me to another review if you don't mind me doing another quick Please. one right after liverwurst which is um the way that people sometimes pack your bags at the grocery store 
because I forgot my reusable bags today at Safeway and I was buying like I was in the 15 items or less line, you know, and they weren't big items. It should fit in a maximum of two bags. And instead they put them into three bags. And so now I had to bring home three plastic bags that I didn't want um, because they wanted to put like two items per bag. And I would just like to say to every bagger and checker, one, I support you do whatever you want because you don't get paid <laughs> enough to be really thinking about this. But I also just want you to know that like, if you're serving me, I'm very strong and you can just pack that shit as full as you can. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So rating yeah. having too many plastic bags in your house, fucking two out of 10. It's so annoying, but occasionally useful for taking out trash. Great for the mini trash can, I will say. Yes. That. Exactly. that is that is really the, the good reason for it. Or like if I'm like, if you if somebody has like a cat and you need to clean out the litter box, very good to have those. Yeah, or taking a messy lunch to school. I also use it for that. Mm, very wise. Very wise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like it's my turn, but now yeah. I've forgotten my list and I'm afraid to go and check it because I feel like the <laughs> mic messes up. Let me see this. I'll tell you if your mic messes up. I can review while mm-hmm. I'm looking for my list. Oh, mm-hmm. the rehearsal. Are you, watch- are you watching the rehearsal TV show? No, I don't know what this is. I've never heard of it. Okay. Did you watch Nathan for you? Yes. And what'd you think? I loved it. Of I mean, course. okay. okay. I'm a, when I say that I watched it, I did watch any of it and love it, but I did not watch a lot of it. Damn. Okay. Nathan for you, I have to say for me is a 10 out of 10 show. It's very, very funny. I recommend watching all the episodes, but I'm here to review the rehearsal, which is the 2022, you know, new show from Nathan Fielder. Um, and I really have mixed feelings about it. This is my review of the rehearsal. 8.5 out of 10. Ooh, okay? we're getting into the decimals. Yes, we have to, because I reviewed Dark Winds as 8 out of 10. And I was like, this is definitely better than Dark Winds, but it's not like that much better. Mm. <laughs> because honestly, like I said, Nathan for you is a perfect show. And I don't know why they didn't just make another season of that or make the rehearsal funnier in the way that Nathan for you is extremely funny mm-hmm. because there's definitely funny moments but it also takes itself super super seriously at times and genuinely messes up some people's lives in a way hmm. that I did not approve of wait so okay so what is the premise oh okay sorry so the premise of the rehearsal is <laughs> Nathan you know him mm-hmm. he we takes, know we love him <laughs> he takes an ordinary person who has kind of like a conundrum Mm-hmm. And he helps them rehearse for that, you know, sticky situation using like a total recreation of like the place where he'll be recreation of like, like he'll have he'll hire people to play. Well, let me let me just explain. Okay, like the opening episode is like this guy who needs to tell his um, trivia friend like his trivia teammate that he doesn't actually have a master's degree like because he Mm -hmm. lied about it and said he had a master's degree Mm -hmm. so he built so Nathan builds you know a huge replica of the bar that they're gonna have this conversation in and hires like a million extras to fill the bar and hires like a person to play the trivia teammate and has them like practice rehearsing the conversation over and over and over until it's like perfect wow all right cool yeah it quickly goes off the rails from that though I gotta say guys that's the first episode all the rest of the episodes are about something like totally more specific to Nathan, which is interesting hmm. where he's kind of rehearsing for his own like life. Huh. Yeah. And it gets a little 
it gets a little hoity-toity in my opinion but it still was like i really really wanted to watch every episode was like stoked for every episode and there were some truly hilarious moments all right i mean i can definitely get on board because i really liked what i saw of nathan for you and what was that show he like produced a show (gasps) yes um how to with john wilson that show's really good yeah dude that show is so funny and i think about the episode about scaffolding constantly every time i see scaffolding yeah that show is really good that's like a solid nine out of ten yeah i i agree with that for sure um but i want to hear other people's thoughts about the rehearsal because it's a very very weird and unique show mm-hmm. fran and emma pod at gmail.com <laughs> that is how you can let us know what you think exactly mm-hmm. dude you know how i was adding a question to every podcast episode yes on spotify so i heard i was like on the subway and i was like oh god i gotta add like a a spotify question for like episode five Mm -hmm. the one we just did and i couldn't think of anything so i was like oh let me just set it as like what's the craziest thing you ever saw on a bear cam and then i so i like clicked like enter and then i was like that's dumb like nobody has any answers to that but it won't let me change it so now that's the question (laughs) i also feel like that definitely like on a bear cam like definitely has to have like I feel like there's got to be other meanings for that phrase that aren't just re- yeah. that isn't just referring to the beautiful um, bears. brown bears of uh, Brooks Falls. Is that what it's called? Something yeah. Like that. Um, but that's great. And I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no one's responded to the other one. So probably not. <laughs> it's very true. It's very, not a very big true. deal. Wait, do you have more food ones? Because I actually have more food ones, too. So oh, I, feel like I should do go. have another food one. I do Let's have do another food, food one. Okay. So this one, I want to rate this. A, I'm just going to come out saying this is a 9 out of 10, which is homemade slash house-made jams. Ooh, I love it. I love making jam, and I love eating jam. They're two beautiful <laughs> things. And let me just You're tell you something. You're a bear. I <laughs> am a bear. <laughs> um, let me tell you something. If you've never made jam, it's extremely easy. Yeah. And especially, like, I would say that canning does make me a little bit nervous and i basically never do it because if you don't can your jam you just put it in your fridge and it still will last like multiple months because it's mostly sugar so it like isn't gonna go bad um so like if you're like i really want to make my own jam but i'm afraid of canning it's like we'll make a small amount of jam and then just enjoy its glory for two months out of your fridge out of a tupperware whatever it's all good um, and you also don't really need pectin either. If you're like, what's up with pectin? You just need to have like a pectin heavy fruit to add. So like most jams really benefit from you just dropping a whole ass lemon in there that you cut in half, which then mm-hmm. adds a ton of pectin to thicken it. Um, it's also, you just get the joy of cutting. I've, I've come to really enjoy the process of cutting up and preparing fruit. Um, it just smells really good. You just get in your mm. zone. I have to make jam at work. So that's like I make jam like every week now. Mm. Um, and it's just like really satisfying. I'll just like spend 45 minutes cutting up a flat of strawberries, throwing them into my pot, putting a bunch of sugar, cutting lemon halves in it, throwing them in, start it up. And then I just stick it on the stove. Um, you do have to watch out for burning. So it's like you got to stir it, but you don't have to stir it constantly. It's just like don't turn it up super high. Set a timer for like every five minutes, go and stir it. Every five minutes, go and stir it. And just like, you know, do whatever the fuck else you have to do with your day. Um, so easy. So delicious. So worth making. I love jam. That's, that's the end of my story. That's very inspiring. I've never made jam. I do appreciate a good jam. 
Um, I also appreciate a bad jam, I have to say. I love Smucker's seedless strawberry situation, mm. but I also love a good jam, so... Yeah, I mean, I feel like the worst jams are just sugar, like slightly yeah. flavored sugar, and like that tastes good. Like I'm not mad at yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to eat it with a spoon, but will I spread it on bread? Yes. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, that reminds me. Speaking of cooking fruit, mm-hmm. I made a blueberry cobbler, mm. and it was so good. Okay, listeners, reviewers, forget everything I said about making a giant chocolate trifle. Honestly, <laughs> it came out okay. It wasn't amazing. The chocolate <laughs> pudding was great. The brownies were meh. The whole thing was like okay. <sighs> Also, my raspberries went rotten right away and so I couldn't use them and it was sad. That is sad. But all that is to say, if you make a blueberry um what is it? Is it a cobbler? Yeah, yep, a blueberry yeah. cobbler. All your problems will be solved. It's like the best tasting thing in the world and all you have to do is like use the new york times recipe you get a bunch of fresh blueberries add some sugar like literally toss them in sugar and flour put them in a pan cover them with the easiest dough you've ever made in a freaking food processor and you're done and it's so good yeah dude that sounds fucking bomb wait what do you rate it is it a 10 is it a perfect 10 the blueberry cobbler Oof, okay, I used salted butter when it called for unsalted butter, and I kept the salt that was added to it the same because mm-hmm. I was like, I love salt. I don't mm-hmm. care. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. And it was like the tiniest touch too salty. So the one that mm. I made, I would give a 9 out of 10. Probably the original recipe, if I had used unsalted butter, would have been a perfect 10. Wow. With, wow. with vanilla ice cream, of course. Oh, you gotta have it. Dude, I love fruit-based desserts. Um, in general, I love baked fruit things, but yeah, cobblers, crisps, crumbles, like all of those things that are just baked fruit with like a doughy, delicious, sweet topping on it. So good. Yeah. It's so funny because I feel like I'm discovering as an adult how good those things can be because they were not a part of my childhood growing up. My family isn't a pie family. Like my mom never made any pies or anything. Like we're, that's just like not in our family's wheelhouse. Hmm. And so and then I would feel like when I would have a taste of pie, it would be, like, really bad using, like, frozen fruit or, like, freaking canned fruit. Like, I just don't enjoy that kind of texture mm-hmm. of fruit. Yeah. But when you make it with fresh fruit, it's, like, very good. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's this. It's the same fucking thing with jam. Yeah. <laughs> the same thing with jam. You use that fresh fruit, and it's so fucking bomb. Um, I definitely came from a pie family. Pies are oh. very... The Munton, the Munton boys, uh, love their pie. My grandpa, um, was a huge pie fanatic, especially apple pie. But definitely, mm. as a kid, it's like I enjoyed the fruit pies, especially blackberry pie. Um, and we would do like crumbles and crisps and stuff from time to time as well. But it was mostly pie. But I always, in my mind, was like, oh, it's a fruit dessert, so it's healthy. So I don't like it as much. Like that was my thought process <laughs> as a kid, which is like insane when you think about like all of the sugar and stuff that's in it. But I guess it probably was healthy compared to my preference, which was chocolate cream pie with an Oreo oh, crust, specifically from Marie Callender's. I, I would, love it. Yeah. I would say as a child, that was a perfect 10 for me. Now as an adult, I don't think I would rate it so highly. <laughs> also, <laughs> one of my core memories with you is baking that chocolate cream pie that we accidentally doubled the eggs in and then like ate the entire pie. Do you remember <laughs> this? Yes, that was so good. <laughs> Had so many eggs. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Sometimes you just, that was a, such a good source of protein. It was, and it was great. Oh, yeah. We, uh, I feel like we have a lot of good food memories. 
We do. Yeah. We do. And some questionable ones perhaps as well. Yeah. I do. Yes, definitely <laughs> that. Um, I do want to quickly, because you're mentioning baked fruit, I was saying this is like a miraculous summer dessert that I was inspired. I made it for work as a dessert for a fancy dinner. Um, and I feel like it definitely wasn't a perfect 10, but I would say it was a nine out of 10. It was maybe a 10 out of 10 for flavor. Um, and then probably an eight out of 10 on plating. So nine out of 10 overall, but it's sort of in this, in this wheelhouse of, uh, fruit-based desserts, but I basically halved a bunch of nectarines. Um, and Mm. then I filled the nectarine, like I took the half and then put its little like pit side up and then in the little hole and on top of it, I piled a streusel that also had some cake crumbs and almond extract and chopped almonds in it. Mm. I made a little pile and then I baked it and that until the, until the nectarines were soft, like 15 minutes. And then I served it with a strawberry rose sauce, like coulis and um, like, just like a lightened, like mascarpone cream that had some honey in it. And it was so fucking good. It tasted so good, but just the nectarines with an almond streusel on it that you mm. baked were like amazing. And like, if you get really good peaches and nectarines and you want like a fancy looking dessert, I would highly recommend doing that. You know, what's so funny that you say that because people, I feel like by people, I mean, Laura, my stepmom was always telling me to like have a grilled peach or a baked peach. Mm. And in my mind, I love a raw peach so much that I yeah. like never want to mess with it. Like yeah. if it's a good peach, I don't want to do anything to it. Like it's already perfect. But that still sounds really good. No, I really agree with you. Like, I've never really been tempted to do something like that because I definitely have, like, I would just, I want, if we get good peaches, I'm just eating all the peaches. I don't need to do anything to it. Um, But, and, like, and I feel like, honestly, like, yeah, like, whenever I've had peach pie, it's just, like, not as good as a raw peach because raw peaches are so good. And I would say because this is baked, though, for such a short amount of time, and it's just the streusel on top. I feel like you get a nice fat bite of peach. And then like it's just the streusel on top. Like it's not as invasive. And almond goes really, really well with stone fruits. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely I definitely understand the hesitation for baking those kind of things. Because you do just want to like gobble them all up. But if you ever end up with like – like if you go to the farmer's market and somebody's trying to get rid of a bunch of peaches, get mm-hmm. all of them that you can – and then make some dessert with some and eat the rest, you know? That sounds great. Yeah, I totally do know. I love when you get deals at Farmer's Market. I love that we're just like, we don't have to only stick to food because I don't know that I have enough food reviews. But I'm really enjoying talking food with you. Right I now. have multiple other food reviews. And that just reminded me of uh, literally within the last like five days, I have gone to a pie shop, PD's Pie mm-hmm. Co, I think is what it's called. In Manhattan, um, I got two slices of pie, one for myself, one for Adrian. I got chocolate cream for myself because, mm. like we were just discussing, I'm not a big pie person and I love chocolate cream pie. Dude, it's so, it's so good. Came up. But then I got a slice of peach crumb, which mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is for Adrian. Mm-hmm. Of course, when Adrian, you know, after dinner, I give it to Adrian. I'm like, this looks really good. Obviously, I take a little piece of it for myself. And it was so good. Damn. So I will say that. Okay, but that's enough for pie. But I also have a separate food review. Oh, yeah. Yeah, lay it it on me. (laughs) I'd like to review the Chicago dog. I had my first Chicago dog of my life. Okay, uh, so this is the name of a location, not you going to Chicago to eat them? 
No, no, no. This is a style of hot dog called okay. the Chicago dog. Have okay. you had this? No, apparently okay. not. Hey, I had never had this either. But a Chicago dog, I mean, people correct me if I'm wrong, from at least what this one place in Brooklyn was selling, is like a nice hot dog in a poppy seed hot dog bun with Ooh. pickle, um, mustard, hot peppers, raw onion, neon green relish, and pickle salt which was my favorite part Ooh, what the fuck is pickle salt I, I don't know it just was like salt they were like this is pickle salt and it was salt that tasted like pickle which was really good that's fucking <laughs> so good that oh, sounds awesome and raw tomato mm. all on the hot dog so mm. obviously it was great it was really really good i very much my favorite part was pickle salt and even the hot peppers were good i was like the whole thing was super good mm-hmm. um but so I got one of those for myself. Adrian also got one, but he also got a chili cheese dog. Another mm-hmm. thing that I have never had in my life. Me neither. So I had a bite of his chili cheese dog um, and it was extremely, extremely delicious. So I'm definitely getting that next time I go. So I want to rate a Chicago dog with all those fixings that I listed. Mm-hmm. I would say, okay. My true heart is saying 8 out of 10. I'm sorry. Because I do love ketchup also. <laughs> I um, mean, the 8 out of 10 is still very high. Yeah. And chili cheese dog, I have to get a whole one to um, review it. But it sounds, it looks so good. Mm-hmm. Looking like at least an 8, if not 9. Yeah. Looking like a 9, to be honest. Looking like a 9. <laughs> what are that. your other food reviews? Okay. Well, I got, um, you know, I, I feel like we're having a lot of really positive food reviews. So I just want to take a minute to give a little two. No, this is a zero out of 10 review. Okay. Um, this is when your fruit curd tastes like an egg. Oh, Disgusting. No. Um, <laughs> truly nothing more disappointing than like going through the process of like zesting a bunch of citrus, juicing it, mixing it all together you're stirring it constantly over the heat stirring it constantly so it doesn't scramble you go through it doesn't curdle you strain it all and then something about your proportion was off because this shit just straight up tastes like an egg i did that with seven quarts of curd at work recently was literally horrible um, I hope no one from work knows about this podcast yet, specifically my bosses, because I did secretly throw it all out. Um, zero out of 10 to when your curd tastes like an egg for whatever reason. Yeah, interesting. Never experienced that, but yeah. Yeah, like, and when I'm looking it up, like, it's a lot of stuff about overcooking. And I'm like, okay, I fucking didn't because I've made so when I worked in my last job, making curds was one of my jobs. So I would make usually like two to three curds every week every monday is what i did and they never tasted like an egg they always tasted fine and i cooked this one in exactly the same way which is why i think that it must have had to do with the proportions being off Mm. um i've heard that maybe it has to do sometimes with having too much egg white versus Mm. yolk i don't know i need to look into it and look back at what i what recipe i used because i think i made it up um (laughs) look at what my proportions were and see why it didn't work because it was fucking gross. And now I have like a bunch more citrus juice to use. And I was like, I would really like to make a curd out of this. But if it tastes like an egg, I will have to kill myself in this bakery because it's <laughs> fucking upsetting. Well, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. You talked me out of it. 
Damn, I was looking at my list and I realized I had no more food reviews, so I might have to close out this segment. Segment. Do you That's have any more? Um, no, no, no. I think, I think, I think we're good on we're good on food reviews. But do you know what time is it? Oh, I don't know what time is it. It's time for the motherhood minute. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. All right. So this week in motherhood, listeners. Okay, I would like to review loud, annoying ass toys full of bright lights for your baby bad don't like it oh here's the thing here's the thing here is the thing they're really useful nice really helpful (laughs) really fucking annoying so i'm gonna rate them a six out of ten okay for example uh, so basically when sylvia was born i had this in my mind of like i am not going to ever buy her a toy that like like i'll buy her a musical instrument you know like she might get a little recorder a kazoo but I'm not going to get her some sort of light up singing yeah. toy. That's what I'm that's thinking. Super annoying, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm just, just never going to happen. And I held on to that belief for quite a while. And actually, I still have never personally purchased her any of those. However, we've received some. We've received some. Um, <laughs> we, for example, have a floor mat that looks like has like a picture of a piano on it and you actually can turn it on and walk across it and does piano notes and step on different animals and makes animal sounds cute we have a singing recycling truck which honestly (laughs) i am kind of obsessed with and i sing its song all the time now um and we have a light up cow that this was the light up cow was the first one we got and it's like so annoying and actually used to terrify sylvia um, when we first got it although now she's into it and i would say so they're all pretty annoying by the sounds that they make except like the recycling truck the least so but they're all like just really loud and annoying but they're super engrossing to her because they're so loud and annoying and because that's not all of her toys so like for example when I'm changing her diaper something that she really likes to do is try and stick her hand in her own poop (laughs) um or try and kick her legs and get her feet like I don't know if she's trying to get her feet in her poop or if she's just trying to escape I think it's more what it is but frequently it means foot into the piss foot into the poop um so this is or she's just trying to roll over and I'm just like well your butt is covered in poop like I cannot I cannot have this so it's like first of all two out of ten behavior the two the only reason it's not zero is because it's like understandable like no she doesn't want to be part of this and she doesn't give a shit that she's about to get poop all over my bed doesn't care (laughs) whatever um but anyways, but if I hand her her annoying ass singing cow with bright <laughs> lights and a little like all these buttons she can press, she will just sit there with her little legs up while I can like <laughs> clean her butt <laughs> and she'll just sit still and look at her cow. Um, That's cute. And then, for example, when I'm trying to like unpack in our house that is a total mess right now because we're in the middle of unpacking. If I unroll that floor mat, floor mat piano, she will walk across it for maybe like 15 solid minutes in distraction. Um, and the same thing with the recycling truck. She like if I if she's following me around and being super clingy, sometimes I'll just walk past and I'll like hit it so that it makes its song and she'll want to look at it and play with it for a little while because it fully <laughs> grabs her attention. And having Having things that can just distract my baby is just, like, so important so that I can literally get anything done in the day on days when she's, like, being really crabby and clingy all the time. So, yeah, 6 out of 10 because they're still really fucking annoying. But 
so so useful like you have to be strategic with such things yeah I can definitely see that I feel like yeah wow Mm-hmm. You know, my vision is to be, like, minimalist Montessori mom who has, like, only, like, unpainted wooden blocks or some mm-hmm. shit. Yes. <laughs> but I, I imagine that's very hard to, like, in actuality or, like, not. Practical. I mean, the hardest, I don't even know that that's so impractical because, one, I, I, like, definitely I would say that that is, like, I personally, like, my personal opinion on children's toys very informed by my own childhood. I love the wooden blocks. Um, basic primary color Duplos and like stuffed animals to me. That would be the only stuff we would have if it were up to me. Um, But the thing is, is that when you have a baby, suddenly everyone is getting you toys for your baby. (laughs) And you just cannot control what they get you. It sounds Um, so maddening because of my mm. minimalist decluttering instincts. I don't think, I don't know what I'll be able to do about it because I can't just be having a lot of toys in the house. Like we got a small apartment, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, it's it's really nice now that we're like, it's not like we've purchased more toys since we've moved into this bigger space. And we still, I feel like have so many toys that we were able to successfully fit into our one bedroom apartment, but it definitely like took up space. So having like a bin that you can throw all of them in at yeah. the end of the day. That's I feel like that's just that's like right. key is like having a dedicated bin um, that you can throw all the shit into. And like there definitely were there's some toys that I kind of already want to get rid of. Like while she's not old enough to say anything, <laughs> but yeah. I haven't. I don't know. It's it's hard because it's like you try to communicate your needs and desires and being like, actually, we don't want toys right now and want books. And people will listen to that. somewhat but it is just like it is an unstoppable tide like you are just bailing water out of your ship (laughs) with a big hole in the bottom so it's like maybe you're getting rid of some but like it's kind of unstoppable I can definitely Um, see that that's really funny I like that analogy (laughs) (laughs) it's uh it's something I've had to come to terms with I will say that dang dang well can I invite you over to the TTCC wait did you put a rating on that um six out of ten six out of ten on that okay okay, cool 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 cool. yes i would love to join you in the corner okay come over to the trying to conceive corner guys Mm -hmm. i have no update in my actual life right now we're in the two-week wait and we're about a week away from starting our first iui cycle which is both scary and exciting so send me your thoughts and uh, stuff on that if you want Mm -hmm. um but yes okay so today for the ttcc i wanted to review basal body thermometer tracking for fertility cycle Mm -hmm. tracking of your bbt or basal body temperature Mm -hmm. um which is something i have not done in several months i did it for three months listen to this for three months every morning before moving you're not allowed to move you have to just Mm -hmm. reach next to your bed Mm -hmm. put the thermometer in your mouth it takes a long time to figure out the <laughs> thermometer because it's like supposed to be really specific to like a tenth or hundredth of a degree i think yeah oh, hundredth of a degree shit. yeah so it takes like a lot longer than you would think <laughs> mm-hmm. and then it makes a super loud beep and then you put that temperature into your app that you're tracking your temperatures on and you're supposed to see a pattern mm-hmm. this was the most maddening thing that I would never wish on my worst memory. Like, my worst enemy. <laughs> my worst memory is doing <laughs> You wish it to be excised from your memory and you don't wish it on your enemies. 
it has BBC tracking has so many promises and they're false promises. I'm telling you guys, it's super false. Like they, they claim that like, Oh, you'll be able to see, um, because due to the like pattern, you'll be able to see that you're pregnant via your temperature chart before it can even come up on a pregnancy test. That was Mm -hmm. the promise I was made. Mm -hmm. No, no, my friends, my temperatures always kept rising and still I was not pregnant. Mm. Um, that was one thing also just, extremely stressful to stare at a chart and try to make sense of it every Mm -hmm. single morning and never have a moment of rest of like not thinking about your infertility so I do not recommend this and I felt super validated when I we went to our first fertility clinic appointment like earlier like beginning of summer and I told the doctor that I was had done this and he was like that's torture like whoever thought of that must have been like during a time when people just really didn't at all care about women's like emotional experiences and because like that's torture i'm so glad that your doctor said that to you (laughs) yeah doctor oh man he was a great doctor he's the one who went back to israel Mm. that sounds yeah that does sound horrible yeah very bad don't do it guys i really don't recommend it um and that's that review Wait, did you give it a number rating? Oh, okay. BBT taking for fertility tracking. I would give it a zero out of 10. It did not help. Mm. It gave me no additional information and it was extremely stressful. So zero out of 10. Yeah, fuck that. I do have a question, which is, does it like work for some people and just not work for other people? Or like, why is it even a thing? It's a thing because it's a relic of when there weren't LH tests available. So like, LH tests are like really cheap ovulation tests you can get at the pharmacy or on Amazon, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you like, you know, dip it in your urine and it tells you if you're ovulating or not. These mm-hmm. these are super common now. Everyone uses them. Mm-hmm. But this temperature tracking existed before those were like widely available. So like it's an mm-hmm. old thing. And then also um, some people do both because they like the confirmation of it. Some people think bbt is like even more reliable some people think it's a lot less reliable than lh tests i'm definitely in that camp Hmm. um because yeah you're supposed to see like a dip right before ovulate or you're supposed to see a dip i think it's after ovulation so if you track your chart enough you know what will be before ovulation and you can like plan it around that but that's like i said did not help me at all was Mm -hmm. way easier to just use the LH tests and didn't have anything to do with me like I ovulate just fine Mm -hmm. and you drop an eggs baby still hated the the BBT yeah that sounds like hell and like anything like I feel like it's a miracle that I remember to brush my teeth every day honestly and that's a non-triggering thing to do (laughs) oh yeah yeah, and that's the thing is the temperature has to be at the exact same minute every single day. So imagine a Saturday you want to sleep in. Mm-hmm. No, you can you can take your temperature when you wake up and you'll put it in your chart and it will mess up the entire chart. So have fun with that. Wow. Um, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, sounds like hell. But anyway, um, I do have one more negative review, um, but it's not about TTC. And I feel like if you have something more lighthearted or fun we should go to that um i have i have something light i have something light tell me i would like to review clouds mother nature's clouds Um, nice it has been pretty hot here this last week not like crazy but in like the mid well it did get to 91 last week on like tuesday 
Um, it's just been sunny and hot. So it's been like in the upper 80s, low 90s. Um, then today I woke up and it was fucking cloudy. I opened all my windows and I felt cold. It was so nice. And like our house does not have, um, there's not any awnings on it really around the windows and there's not any like trees close by. Um, so we, and, and the, the house is West facing. And so we just get tons and tons of afternoon sun on our, like on these big windows in the front of the house and it makes our house super Mm. hot. But when it is cloudy, when it is cloudy, reviewers, <laughs> that does not happen. And my house is a wonderful temperature. Um, so I rate clouds. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say nine out of ten. I want to do ten out of ten. Yeah, fuck it. It's a ten out of ten. It's Mother yeah. Nature's gift. Um, I love clouds. I love the fog. It's just like the cozy fog to me is the coziest type of weather. And yes, driving in it can occasionally be a little scary, but for me. That just makes it more fun. I love driving in fog. Um, I would say that clouds are beautiful additions to the sky. I love to view clouds, find shapes in clouds. <laughs> um, when we were in New Mexico recently, it's I feel like New Mexico just has unbeatable skies. I don't they know do what it is. Times. Yeah, and like it's just like the skies are just so beautiful. And it was monsoon season because it was summertime. And just there were so many big, beautiful clouds in the sky. It was like... It's just like incredible. Um, And yeah, I just love everything about clouds, dude. Bring on the rain. Bring me the fog. That's all I want. 10 out of 10. That's awesome. That's such a lovely note. I kind of feel like we should end on that. Who doesn't love a nice cloud? I mean, we can end with clouds, but whatever you want. If you want to do yours, you can do yours too. Mine's too negative to end on. I'm sorry. Well, maybe we should. We'll bring it up as the first thing we do next time. Yeah, we'll start with negativity. That'll we'll be just, great. Yeah, I love that. We'll just end on clouds. Everybody just go look out at the sky. To, you know, maybe, I mean, I wish that we could set, whenever this comes out, can we set the um, the Spotify question to what do your clouds look like and see if yes. people tell us what shapes they see in their clouds? I love that. That's a perfect question. I love that. I always just think of the beginning of the James and the Giant Peach movie. Do you scary. watch that? Oh, Very yeah. scary. Scary. But I loved it as a kid. <laughs> I certain... was scared by it. But I had it. <laughs> I did have it on VHS. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's like I was very scared of a lot of movies, but I still love James and the Giant Peach. Like the magic of living. I mean, talk about peaches. Because we are talking about that <laughs> earlier. <laughs> Imagine living inside a ripe peach. That sounds fucking incredible. And so sticky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, the beginning scene that ends up turning terrifying where Rhino comes out of the sky. But they're just looking at the shapes in the clouds. And I like... I love that. I love that scene. That's great. I love that. I don't really recall that, but yeah. That's because it was probably dominated by the terror of their, yeah. like, he's gazing at cloud shapes in the sky with his parents, and then a rhinoceros comes out of the sky and eats his parents. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Very A terrible. little horrifying. It's like, I remember these because, you know, I think about, like, oh, these beautiful childhood movies that I loved. I can't wait to show them to Sylvia. And then I'm just like, maybe not. Yeah. We'll see. We'll let her find her own way, see what movies she likes. <laughs> anyway. All right, All everybody. Right. Think about clouds, reviewers. Rate your sky for us. Yeah, rate Listen, your sky. Rate, review, subscribe. Share with your friends. Share with a friend. Tell a friend about it. You know, 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do that. Some people say you shouldn't talk about your podcast, but other people say, please talk more about our podcast <laughs> so that <laughs> so that we can keep going. Exactly. Uh, All righty. Have a well, good night, my dear Emma. My you, perfect yeah. 10. Have a good evening. I'll <laughs> talk to you later. Bye. Bye.